This morning's Bible reading is from Ecclesiastes, chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. I said to myself, come now, I will make a test of pleasure. Enjoy yourself. But behold, this also was vanity. I said of laughter, is it mad? And of pleasure, what use is it? I searched with my mind how to cheer my body with wine, my mind guiding me with wisdom, and how to lay hold on folly, till I might see what was good for the sons of men to do under heaven these few days of their life. I made great works. I built houses and planted vineyards for myself. I made myself gardens and parks and planted them in all kinds of fruit trees. I made myself pools from which to water the forest of growing trees. I bought male and female slaves. I had slaves who were born in my house. I also had great possessions of herds and flocks, more than any who had ever been before me in Jerusalem. I also gathered for myself silver and gold and the treasure of kings and provinces. I got singers, both men and women, and many concubines, man's delight. So I became great and surpassed all who were before me in Jerusalem. Also my wisdom remained with me, and whatever my eyes desired for my heart found pleasure with all my toil. And this was my reward for my toil. Then I considered all that my hands had done and the toil I had spent in doing it. And behold, all was vanity and striving after wind. And there was nothing to be gained under the sun. The word of God for the people of God. It's that time of year again. It's that, uh, that time of year when Court Street United Methodist Church goes out to the movies. And uh, this week we went to see a movie called Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Now, Puss in Boots is a, an animated fairy tale movie. It takes place in the land of fairy tales. It takes place in a land where magic is real and animals talk. And you might meet Goldilocks or Pinocchio walking down the street one day. And in this this magical land, in the land of fairy tales, Puss in Boots is this swashbuckling outlaw hero with a, a sword at his hip and boots on his feet. He robs from the rich and he gives to himself, but he also can be, can be unselfish. When a, a murderous giant attacks the village, he steps forward to protect the people in the town. Everybody loves Puss in Boots. Puss in Boots loves Puss in Boots. He loves his life. He loves everything about himself. He lives with a certain sort of fearlessness and joie de vivre because he's a cat. And after all, everybody knows cats have nine lives. And so what does he have in this world to be afraid of? But then, at the beginning of the movie, Puss loses one of his lives in a spectacular battle. 
And he's uh, ready to go back to his swashbuckling. He's ready to go back to doing what he's done every other day of his life when he suddenly realizes that the life that he lost in that battle was the eighth of his lives. He has now lost eight of his nine lives. He's down to just one life left, and that changes the equation for Puss in Boots. All of a sudden, he has got to be careful in a way that he's never had to be careful before. All of a sudden, he has to play it safe in a way that he has never had to play it safe before. And so he considers retirement. He thinks about giving up swashbuckling and and living out the rest of his life as an ordinary house cat. But then he hears a story. He hears a story about a magical wishing star, a star that fell to earth. And this star is lost somewhere out in the heart of a dark and mysterious forest. And the story goes that this magical wishing star has one wish left to grant. And whoever finds that star, whoever can be the first one to reach that star, gets to make a wish, gets to have the one thing that their heart most desires. And Puss in Boots says, this is exactly what I need if I find that star star, I can make a wish to have all nine of my lives back, and then I can go back to being who I have always been. And so he sets out on a quest to find this star. But as he's seeking the star, he very quickly discovers that he is not the only one who is looking for this star. He is not the only one who is seeking to have a wish fulfilled. He discovers that there's a whole host of adventurers who are also looking for this star, and all of them have a wish. All of them have a deep and powerful reason for finding this star. Alongside Puss in Boots, searching for this star, there is an orphan who wants to find the star so she can wish to have her long-lost family return to her. There was a man who grew up as an ordinary boy in the land of fairy tales. He grew up as a non-magical boy in the land of magic. And he wants to find the star so he can wish to have a little bit of magic all for himself. There is a, a thief who has been let down and hurt and betrayed by everyone she ever trusted. And she wants to find the star so she can wish for just one person who will not let her down, just one person who she can truly trust. All of these characters have a powerful reason for wanting to find the star. All of them go off in search of this one star that can grant their wish. And up until this point, this movie is exactly like every other fairy tale movie that you have ever seen. Because that's that's what these movies have always been about, right? For as long as there's been a Disney making fairy tale movies, these movies have always been about magical wish fulfillment. Think about the movies you've seen, the animated fairy tale movies you've seen over the years. What were all of those movies about? They were about a genie who grants wishes. They were about a fairy godmother who grants wishes. They were about a magical star that grants wishes. What is, what is the song? What is the promise that we hear at the beginning of every Disney movie? Do you remember when you wish upon a star? Makes no difference who you are. Anything your heart desires will come to you. That's what these movies have always been about. They've always been about the promise that you can have a wish fulfilled, that you can chase your dreams and become a prince. You can become a princess. You can become a real boy. That's what these movies have always, always been about. And that's what Puss in Boots is about right up to the moment when it's not. Because as all of these adventurers set off on their quest, as they are searching for the star, as they lie and cheat and betray one another, trying to become the first one to reach the star, one by one they realize that in order to have their wish fulfilled, they're going to have to give up something 
that is very precious to them. The orphan realizes that in order to have her long-lost family return to her, she's going to have to give up the only family she's ever known. She's going to have to let go of the family who loved her and raised her and nurtured her. The thief realizes that in order to wish for that one person who she can trust and depend on, she is going to have to betray the only friend that she has in all the world. Puss in Boots realizes that in order to have his wish fulfilled, in order to get all nine of his lives back, he's going to have to give up the very thing that makes life worth living. All of these adventurers realize at some point in their journey that they can have their wish fulfilled if only they're willing to let go of family and friendship and love. And I'm not going to tell you how the movie ends. I won't spoil it completely for for those who didn't have a chance to see it and who who might, although boy, I've given you an awful lot of the plot already. I'm not going to spoil it completely. What I will tell you is that this story tells a very different story than all of those other animated fairy tale movies that you've seen. This story is an older story. The lesson in this movie is a much older lesson. It's a story and a lesson that goes all the way back to this morning's scripture reading. In today's scripture reading, we have a story from the Old Testament book of Ecclesiastes. And the book of Ecclesiastes begins in this way. These are the words of the teacher, the son of David, the king over Jerusalem. Now, the author of the book of Ecclesiastes never tells us his name, but he doesn't have to because everybody knows who the author of the book of Ecclesiastes is. There's only one son of David who ruled as the king over Jerusalem. The author of the book of Ecclesiastes is King Solomon. Just a few minutes ago, as we were talking to the children, we heard a little bit of King Solomon's story. After he became king, God appeared to Solomon one night. God spoke to Solomon and said, Solomon, If you could have any one wish, if you could wish for any one thing in all of the world, what would you wish for? And immediately, without hesitation, Solomon said, I would wish for wisdom so that I might rule and guide your people well. And God was pleased with that wish. God said, Solomon, because you did not wish for great riches... And because you did not wish for fame and power and because you did not wish for a long and happy life, but instead because you wished for wisdom that you might lead my people well, I am going to grant your wish. I am going to give you wisdom. Not only that, I am going to give you all of these other things too. And so Solomon became wise in a way that no one before him had ever been wise. And he became wealthy in a way that no one before him had ever been wealthy. And he ruled over God's people for many peaceful and prosperous years. And his fame and his reputation grew and grew. And then finally, late in his life, as he realized that his life was finally coming to an end, he said, I want to pass on something of the wisdom that God gave me. I want to share with my children some of the lessons that I have learned in this extraordinary lifetime. And so Solomon sat down and he wrote a book. He wrote a letter to his children. He wrote the book of Ecclesiastes. And this is what Solomon says in the book of Ecclesiastes. He says, children, no one has ever lived a life that was quite like mine. All my life, everything I wished for, I received. If there was something that I wanted in this world, all I had to do was snap my finger or write a check, and it was mine. 
And when I realized that I could have anything in this world, when I realized that I could do anything in this world, I decided to make an experiment of my life. I decided that I would try everything that this world has to offer, anything my heart desired. I would not withhold it, but I would go after it. I would try it. And so I tried everything. I had everything in this world. I put my money to work, and I built vast palaces for myself. I had gardens that were landscaped with fountains and pools. I drank the finest wine. I ate every kind of fruit. I had slaves and servants to do my every whim. If I saw a woman who I liked, I married her. The world's greatest musicians sang and played for me while I sat at my dinner table. I tried and did everything there is to try and do. And at the end of all of that, do you know what I discovered? I discovered that all of these things, all of this wealth, all of this power, all of this fame, all of the things that this world has to offer, all of these things are nothing more than a handful of dust in the wind. None of them scratched the itch. None of them satisfied the hunger in my soul. None of these things are worth what so many people give up in order to get them. That's the lesson of the book of Ecclesiastes. It turns out it's the lesson of this movie that we saw, of Puss in Boots. And it's a lesson, and it's a story that plays out over and over again in the pages of the Bible. Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden have everything they could possibly need. But it isn't enough. They want one more thing. They want to taste the fruit that was not intended for them. And in the process of reaching out for that fruit, they lose the garden, and they lose each other. The people in the city of Babel are the happiest people on the face of the earth, but the earth is not enough for them. They want heaven as well. And in the process of building a tower that goes all the way up to heaven, they lose the city and they lose each other. In the Gospels, people come to Jesus and they ask him this question. They say, Jesus, where is the kingdom of heaven? When is the kingdom coming? When will all of our prayers be answered? When will all of our wishes and dreams be fulfilled? Do you remember what Jesus says to people when they come and ask him, Jesus, where is the kingdom of heaven? Jesus looks at the people and he says, the kingdom is among you. The kingdom is within you. The kingdom is baking bread in your kitchen. The kingdom is planting seeds in your garden." The kingdom is in the field where you labor, just beneath the surface of the earth. And we could answer each other's prayers. We could fulfill each other's wishes. If only, if only we stopped chasing after that handful of dust and learned how to see the family and the friendship and the love that we already have. Let's pray. God, we give you thanks for the wisdom and the teaching of Solomon. We give you thanks for the words of Jesus. We pray that you would open our eyes as you open their eyes. Give us the kind of wisdom that sees the things that really matter. Give us the kind of wisdom that sees the things we already have, that we might not lose them, and chasing after handfuls of dust. In Jesus we pray. Amen.